Are you a CrossFit coach or maybe a box owner looking to learn more about nutrition? You want to help support the athletes that come to your box, maybe have some one-on-one clients. And we all know nutrition is the foundation. We all talk about the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And nutrition is at the base. It's like building a house. You can't build the attic first. You can't worry about performance and sport without working on the foundation. And that's what nutrition is. So maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a box owner, maybe you're just an athlete looking to potentially earn a little more income, develop a new income stream as a nutrition coach. Well, you could check out the Own Your Eating Certificate course. We review fundamental nutrition principles, as well as teaching you how to implement flexible eating, that's macro counting, and assist others with their tracking of macros. The cool thing about it is you're going to learn so much for yourself. Even if you didn't want to coach anyone else, but you simply wanted to learn more about tracking macros, you will get so much out of this course. It'll be the last thing you ever have to read, study, purchase, because you're going to get so much information. As well as sharing nutrition experience with you, Own Your Eating will also teach you how to coach others so that you can really make a difference with the people in your community and your lives. Maybe you need to finally get your mom to track macros. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe you you put on the quarantine 15 and you're looking to just lose a few LBs, a few pounds yourself. This will teach you all of that. And the cool thing about macros, the cool thing about the way in which we at On Your Eating teach you is it's really sustainable. The business setup and marketing strategies are also included. So if you do really want to make this a side deal or a side hustle, You'll, you'll have all the tools you'll ever need to do. And in addition to that, if you're a level three CrossFit coach, you can earn CEUs to help you revalidate. And we also give CEUs for NASM as well as AFA. So you can check that out. For me, every few years, I need to re-up my L4, you know, no big deal, L4 coach, but this will help you do it. So If you're interested in learning more about the Own Your Eating Certificate course, you can go to courses.ownyoureating.com. Or if you just go to ownyoureating.com, right up in the header there, it says become a coach. You can click on that. And with the code BESTHOUR, that's B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, BESTHOUR, you'll get 15% off. Go check it out now. I was the one, along with Roz, who helped put this all together. So... I really understand that if you have questions for me about it, of course, you can reach out, but I really believe in it. I've put hundreds of people through this course. It's the way I learned how to track macros. It's the way I've been tracking macros for over five years, and I think you will absolutely love it. So go check it out again, courses.ownyoureating.com, and use that code BESTHOUR for 15% off. 300 we're there we made it let me ask you a very pointed question a did you think we would make 300 episodes you want me to answer one at a time is this what yeah because i know you're you don't have enough brain power to do two (laughs) at the same time so i would have forgotten a uh a the answer to your question yes once we committed and started, I did not think it would come this quickly. That was that was question B. Yeah, th- that was question. I, when we started doing this, I think we were just we had no game plan other than hey, let's just get one up every so often. 
And then that spiraled out of control pretty quickly. I think we initially shot for one a week. And then I think, I want to say within two months, I remember what happened. I actually remember what happened specifically. We, uh, one day we were, we were talking and we were looking at the backlog of podcasts that we had recorded and not published. And it was like 50. And I think at that point we decided five days a week, it is what it is. But we went on a tear there for a while. Like we, like between the two of us, we were recording, you know, three to four a week each. Yeah, I was going to say, when we started this podcast, part of the idea was, hey, we have a lot of connections. We've met a lot of people over the years. Let's reach out to, we we created a list of, for everyone from at the time, you know, Coach Glassman and Dave Castro down to, you know, some box owners that we knew. And you and I just started, you know, pinging them with texts and emails and everyone kept saying yes. So I, I did not expect everyone to say, I mean, some of the bigger names that we've had on over the years, you know, like yeah. Ke- Kelly Starrett was a big one. Chuck Carswell yep. was, a, you know, all of those. So I was like, ah, not everyone's going to want to do it. And then they would, and they would do it like pretty quickly. So like you said, within a, within our first month, we just had so many episodes. And I think with some of them, it was like, Hey, they're, they're timely. So if we don't put them out now, they're going to either be outdated or the announcement's going to be the wrong time. So we just started putting them out there. And then you and I have, have gone back and forth a lot about like the volume of podcasts. Like you always prefer to do less. We all know that (laughs) in life, just in life life in general. And I'm like, no, 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 do more. But I I mean, I think we've, I think we've struck a good balance. Um, and, And, and we've even, you know, full disclosure, we've gotten some, some feedback they're like you guys record too many episodes which i think is insane because you can listen to them whenever you want it's not like yeah and and maybe not every episode is for you i look at it like joe rogan like i don't listen to probably at least 50 percent of joe rogan's podcasts yeah i listen he's you know i, I listen to right now two podcasts quite a bit joe rogan's and malcolm gladwell's and i'm mm-hmm. malcolm gladwell does a season it's so like 10 to 12 episodes per season. And I started while he was in mi- the middle of season five and I'm basically caught up. And this is like three weeks ago. So, you, you know, de- okay. and, and it depends because, you know, there, there are days where I go for a long walk and I might get two podcasts yeah. in and there are days where I don't, or I have to drive somewhere and there are days where I don't, but I know with Joe Rogan, you're right. It varies depending on the guest. So yeah. If he has someone like super political, I probably don't listen. If he has a comedian, I probably listen or I catch the clips of it. And that's, that's what we want from this. I mean, I think the truth is the episodes where we talk about coaching, box ownership and development get a lot more downloads than even some of our bigger interviews. So that means people like listening to us talk more than they like listening to the, to the you know, CrossFit celebrities, if you will. Well, I don't know if they like listening to us talk, but I think I think just when we have those conversations, I think they just hit home more because we're we're not we're not speaking hypothetically. We're speaking about our actual experiences or our current or our current experiences either inside the box or in coaching. And I think that's what people find valuable. Um, which was which was kind of the genesis of the whole podcast idea anyway, which is hey, we're having these conversations. They're pertinent. They're they're um they're enlightening 
and I don't mean like we're enlightening other people. Like we were having these conversations anyway, and they were enlightening to me personally. And I was like, well, let's just do this. Um, would well, you go ahead? No, I mean, you know, in 2007, and then, you know, when you open your box a few years later, if, if someone would have had a podcast where it's like, Hey, here's advice. And it's not, I think what I like that we do well is a Todd included. Well, Todd, not so much, but we're all pretty open-minded. <laughs> it's not that Todd's not open-minded in life, but when it comes to his box, he's very much like, this is the way to do it. He's rigid, but you know, he's a little more rigid than us, but, but you and I are open-minded and can have discussions. And I think that's, truly what's missing in this world, period. Like the ability, we were talking about it beforehand a little, just like the world is very sensitive and things that you don't necessarily mean to be insensitive or things you don't mean to, to come off inappropriately often do. And that's what happens when you talk for 300 plus hours in a year. Where it's, everyone... it's, I was just recording a podcast before this uh, um, with uh, the website guy that we've referenced previously, which will drop next week. But the... Um... It's it's funny because it's like when people criticize you about your grammar and if you write a blog and they're just like, oh, well, you know, you should you should really spell check that. I'm like, A, if you don't think I spell check this, you're an idiot. And B, if I write enough words, there's going to be a mistake in there. Just like if you say enough words on a podcast, you're going to make a mistake. Like it's just not possible. And we've also talked about it. We don't edit these ever. It is raw this is the footage or this is the, the audio it's going out to the world. I've had maybe once or twice, someone that I've interviewed asked me to edit it after. And I was like, no, I don't have to put it up, but I'm not editing it. I actually, I'm glad you said that. I edited one of 300 episodes. Cause the guy was like, I really would like you to take that out. And when I, I'm not even going to say what I took out. It was nothing inappropriate. It was just something that he didn't want said. And it was, 1.4 seconds well it's a podcast that i dig out and, and it's it's funny too because i think you and i are the types of people where it's like no fine we said it put it out there where if you're not accustomed to being on a podcast or talking in front of people or caring what other people think you're like oh i gotta really be worried about this or that and we're just like you know i i, I think you and i are both of the mindset so long as the intention was positive and no harm or no ill will was meant you know it's it's hard to be insensitive you, and then you could be insensitive accidentally right we've seen that happen in the crossfit world everybody obviously. can right but but it's the intention it's the intent and and you know you can relate that to coaching right we we talk about hey i'm a new coach what do i do when it's a, a better athlete or a longtime person or someone that's fitter than me if you go up there with good intentions and you try to coach them and you know in your heart you're trying to help them and they give you a piss poor reaction, that's not on you, that's on them. I just don't, this idea that we're going to go, it's a podcast, these are our personal opinions. The idea that I'm, it's like somebody's not going to be offended by my opinion is kind of crazy. Or, th yeah. or think it's wrong, like the bring a friend reek, right? Like that was a yeah. good one. You know, you you have your opinion on, on the week, Todd has the day, other people might think it's crazy. We're just giving you guys one option from one person that's run a really successful affiliate. And if you don't like it, at least learn from that what you don't like about it. 
Yeah. So here's what, here's what I hope people take away from the podcast is that, and we've said this before, there's no right or wrong way to do anything. What I'm hoping people take away from the podcast is just being involved in the discussion, which prompts more ideas. Like do bring a friend a week, however the hell you want. Nobody actually cares. What matters is that you put some thought into it and that you're evaluating it and that you're asking questions and being critical about whatever topic it is that we're talking about. Like there's some, there very, very little of what we've discussed in 300 episodes is rigid, like hard line. This is how you do it. It's all very fluid. It's all about learning. It's all about being open-minded. It's all about having a discussion. And I, I really, really hope that one of the things that we have done and will continue to do is just encourage people to talk more freely, be open-minded, be open to what other people have to say, be open to other people's opinions, stop shutting people down immediately because they disagree with that. Like, it's okay to disagree. Like, let's just have the discussion. We'll both probably learn something. Yeah, and I mean, we've both learned over the last year, right? Either from talking to each other, from the interviews we've done, or just in general, I think when, I've, I've learned a lot in talking to other people over the course of the year. and that's to me a lot of fun. It's just the connections I've, I've gotten to make by having this podcast. What is one of your biggest takeaways? So, Hey, I, I don't know how um, big of a deal 300 is. I feel like it's a big deal, but I, I'm now, what's crazy is now I really can't wait. I'm not like 500. It'll be cool. I'm really waiting for a thousand. Like I want a thousand podcasts now. Huh? Two more years. I mean, think about it. If we did 300 episodes, we launched, I believe it was like around April 15th, April. 19th of, so of less last than a year. year and a half. Right. So, I mean, that means we've basically put out an episode almost every weekday mm -hmm. for the last year. And, and we've, while we have 300 you know, t numbered episodes, we've also had quite a few bonus episodes. So Correct. we're probably more like 310, 320. Um, yeah, but I'll look forward to it. I'll, it's it's cool that you you would think as in the small world of CrossFit you'd run out of things to talk about and we're not really we're not a podcast that's like chasing the news of CrossFit like we've had a few no. episodes about the games or about what went down earlier this year but for the most part we're <clears throat> a coach's development podcast. What um what's one of the biggest takeaways or things that you've kind of realized? In, the, in this whole process of doing 300 episodes? I think one of the biggest takeaways is re the realization that even in 2020, a lot of box owners have no clue what they're doing. <laughs> that's, that's legitimately exactly my, my <laughs> Is it? Yeah, well, it, well, so, and I, and I will even throw myself in that bucket which is which is to say that we all still have a really long way to go and i i'm and i've said this before i am doing this selfishly so that i can fast forward my own development this is just a, a vehicle with which i can do it and then share it with everybody else but yes i do i do it reinforced what i was already pretty confident in is that a lot of people are floating around aimlessly and actually really have no direction or idea what they're doing in um, multiple facets of the business, you know, it depends. So, yeah, I mean, I think to this day, I'm not sure how many affiliates, assume there's still about 15,000 affiliates, you know, 
And what would you say? How many of them are in the United States? I think the number is like seven. So almost half of the affiliates are in the United States. And I, you know, I, cause only cause I can't really speak for the international ones. I don't know them as well, but I would say the majority of those 7,000 in the United States are like, Oh, I just want to make some money and, you know, put food. Like they're not trying to become business men, women. They're not trying to be entrepreneurs. A lot of them are just like, ah, oh. and it's like, that's not the right attitude. That's what we've learned. I recently been, been chatting with a, a box owner and his rates were incredibly low. I encouraged him to bump his rates up, which he did earlier this week. And no one, not one of his members objected to it. So instantaneously, he was making like $20 more per person times 100. It's like $2,000 a month the guys make, you know, and that was just one little thing I encouraged a $25, him to $25,000 raise. Yeah. $25,000 raise. And, and it's those little things where, you know, we, uh, I think we've talked about it on the show. I, I'm often like, man, I didn't put 10,000 hours into anything in my life. Like I got a guitar over here that I'm not very good at. I go to jujitsu that I, you know, get choked out at. I'm an above, maybe not even above average CrossFitter. And I'm like, why am I not good at anything? And then I'm like, this is what I put my 10,000 hours in. Like I'm you, I, Todd, many of the other people on seminar staff. It's like, this is where we excel. Not only in box, the three of us specifically in box ownership, but then also in how to teach that to other people and let it trickle down to your coaches. Mm -hmm. Cause you're I not think, very good uh, at, I mean, you put your 10,000 hours in basketball. We all know division mm -hmm. one. It's like, uh, well, I kind of look at, you know, coaching and box ownership uh, the same way I looked at myself in basketball, which you know, it was like, realistically, where do you fit in the world? And I would, and I hope, I kind of hope this is where I can categorize myself forever because the, which is like this, far better than most, not nearly as good as some. That's a because... Because if I, the, the, the idea that I'm the best to me is quite frankly depressing, like there's nowhere to go. Now, what do I do? Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting thing to say because it's, it's true for a lot of things and maybe I'm hard on myself in some areas where, yeah, like far better. What'd you say? Far better than most? Far better than most, not nearly as good as some. And, you know, I think, in life, we tend to compare ourselves to the people that we're not nearly as good as, right? So, yeah. you know, look at that Mount Rushmore we spoke about or the Chuck Carswells or even some of the, the flow masters on staff. And Joe Rogan says it a lot. He's like, there's levels. There's levels mm -hmm. to everything, you know? Yeah, I'm the average person walking down the street, I can choke out. But there's a good percentage of people on this planet that would still kick my ass, right? And and same holds true in coaching, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we walk into a, a box, we're pretty good, but there's a level above us. For sure, there's multiple levels above that. And like, uh, that to me is you. the- is One above me, one level above me. Maybe, yeah, depending <laughs> if as long as that level is just, you're still trying to get to mediocre. Um, the, uh, that, that is what I find so intriguing about. It. And it's the same thing in business. And I look at business the same way I used to look at basketball, which is, completely obsessed with it just being a master at that craft just like i am with coaching that that but that's an infinite game you know to steal something from simon sinek you know that that is never going to end as this whole thing evolves that's what i find so fun about it like i'm never going to be done 
Like there's no point I'll be like, I got it, I figured it out. It's just gonna be a different challenge at a, at a different scale for different people potentially. You know, but you just said something, you were obsessed with it. And I think that doesn't happen as much these days with coaching CrossFit, like it did back in the day. You know, when I started, I was obsessed with CrossFit period, but it, really my journey to be better, it was every day I'm reading the journal. I was on the forums at the time when they were around. I was taking every, I mean, I took every specialty seminar in one stretch in like three months. And then I repeated a lot of them. I interned on many of those staffs, was on a bunch of them before getting on the, and then spent 10 internships trying to become a seminar staff for CrossFit. And during which that- is six, Which is six less than, my, than I did. That's probably why I'm so much better though, in retrospect. <laughs> so, but then, you know, in that journey was, when I was getting, doing my internships, I would travel to local boxes, to practice, I would go to CrossFit New England. I, I would watch Ben and Heather uh, coach. Like I would go watch Austin coach at Reebok. Like, I don't think that's happening anymore. And I think a lot of people just want to get better at coaching. And they think it's, it's probably a generational thing to some extent too, right? Like the millennials are the next level up in coaching or the next group that's coming up. And we're, we're a little bit older where you had to grind through a lot of it. You didn't just get this success handed to you am i offending I don't know people that it's in um no i just i mean probably i mean we're millennials if you're listening yeah. <laughs> we uh the uh no i think i think a lot of people like to to shit on millennials and i, and I don't know that that's fair because i don't i don't know that it's an age thing i think it's an environment thing because i know plenty of youngsters who are workhorses man like i've got i've got one in my gym he's a millennial but I mean, he works yeah. his ass off, you know, so I, I don't think it's age. I think it's environment. And I think there, there are less and less environments that in my personal opinion, and this probably sounds like one of those conversations is like back in my day, you know? Um, but I do think there's some validity to it based on just like what we're seeing and just like the amount of, you know, people being offended in the world. Um, I think there's less environments where critical feedback is given because people, struggle dealing with it and that's the only way to get better whether it's jujitsu whether it's basketball whether it's business ownership whether it's coaching like it doesn't matter there is no way in which i level up that doesn't involve somebody coming in and saying you're not very good here's how you get better yeah i think we and you're right there are millennials that work hard i'm at a local box here and at ralston creek crossfit and their coach dan Young guy, he's probably like 22. He's heading off to the army uh, in September for boot camp. Great kid. He's on the floor, no phone, you know, energy for three straight hours. Like I, I see what he's doing, comes up to me, asks me for feedback every class. Like, yes, there are millennials that just, and it makes sense going to the military. He's probably someone that is trying to become a better version of himself. So yes, there are great, there are good millennials as well. But I, I think part of it generationally in CrossFit at least is the feedback loop like you're talking about. I don't know why, but very early on we were just like, Hey, we get feedback. And maybe it was because we interned, maybe it was just because of the time frame we grew up. But yeah, I think getting that feedback is what helped us develop so much. And I was, we were both getting it long before seminar mm -hmm. staff. We, uh, we just had, we just had a, uh 
a box owner, a box owner and a head coach come by. I think it was last week. Yeah, it was last week because Cassie's gone this week. And uh, and they and they came and they hang for, they hung for a full day. Like they came and they showed up. I think they watched the 9 a.m. They took the 10:30. I think they watched the noon. And then I just chatted with them for like. I even canceled a personal training session afterwards. I, I think I chatted with them for like two and a half hours afterwards. And I, I just don't understand why that doesn't happen more. Because I, I don't know that, I mean, unless it becomes overwhelming, like I don't know that I'm going to turn those people down. Like why? Like that's just so selfish in my mind. Like, cause people have always opened their doors to me. If I'm like, Hey, can I come and just hang out and watch? And they're like, absolutely. And I feel like I owe that to a lot of people. Like, that's not to say I have all the answers, but I, again, there's levels and I have the answers to some of the things that they're struggling with. I don't have all the answers, but for some of them, I've got definitive absolute answers to that. You know, and that's interesting too, because I think early on in CrossFit, boxes weren't as abundant as they are now, right? They were further away. There were, there was, you know, five, Correct. I mean, I, I remember in 2007 or eight, like early on, on the forums on a random Wednesday night, New York City, Rochester, like three hour radius, all came to Albany CrossFit to train together. It was like really cool event. There's a video I'm sure on YouTube about it. But, you know, back then it was, it didn't feel as much like competition. It was like, teach me your secrets. That was probably a lot of like, hey, what are you guys doing in New York City? What are you doing in Rochester? What's it like in Syracuse? Where now, and I think it's improving again. I think we went through a wave where it was super competitive. And now even kind of like our conversation we had with Pat Cummings, where more boxes are figuring out where their niche is, where their specificity is in, in their clients. So it's allowing that open communication again. I mean, back in 2008-9, we would do a, um, it was in New Jersey, and we would do like a best practices meeting every every few months. Like all the box, as it was growing, Dennis and Jen, we're there from, you know, Garden City, uh, Jason Layden from Connecticut, Ben was there from New England, like some of the big names now, but I think that's what helped them become the big names. Like they took those things in and made those appropriate changes. I, I think about this probably way too often, but I always am curious, like where that broke down, like where I, that kind of, uh, that, that you know, for lack of better terms, because I, I don't know how else to describe it, but where that kind of abundance mindset turned into scarcity. I, I think it came from just the fact that more CrossFits were opening. It wasn't a brand name. It wasn't as recognizable as it is now. So it was like, hey, we got to get these weirdos, these freaks that are willing to work hard. There's not many of them, right? Like mm -hmm. nowadays we understand, hey, mom can do it, grandma can do it, and they should do it. So I think it was that. And just the uncertainty of, hey, this is a new thing. So, you know, it was all of those things kind of working together. Nowadays we realize it's not about getting the crazy people, you know, the former division one athletes or the, the people that want to go to the games. It's like everyone needs to do this thing. And we're seeing it as, and it's almost become, Rather than an us against us thing, it's like an us against them now. Like we got to put the other boutique businesses that aren't doing it as well as us out of business. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because the way you're describing that, you in the early days, your 
avatars or your potential clients, that pool of people was way smaller. And yes, there was there was less gyms. But if you think about that, if I'm just looking for the crazy people, the, the former athletes, that's not that many people. That's Versus what I'm saying. now. So yeah. it's almost backwards. It's like there was an abundance mindset when there was less. And now the now the spectrum is larger and there and there's been this weird scarcity where I'm not going to talk to the gym about what they do and ask them and 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 brainstorm with them because I'm a, I'm afraid they're gonna steal my clients. And I'm like, yeah, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I think the point is it was like, but part of it back then there weren't as many. So I was like the Albany box, like, yeah, you know, and, and, and there's a distance where I think at the time when I was like the first, the handful of boxes that came around me were like Saratoga, which is a good 45 minutes away. Um, yeah. There's a town called like Hudson, which was another, so, and they're far enough away that I'm like, okay, no one's from Saratoga is coming up and, and a handful, a handful would have back then. Cause there was the only box in town. I mean, Todd talks about it. He used to drive an hour to get yep. to CrossFit Charlotte. Um, but you were like, hey, yeah, let's do best practices because you have your people, I have mine. Then all of a sudden another box opens in Albany. I'm like, wait, I don't want to tell you what I do, right? Like, because <laughs> you're going to take, but now we realize that pool is open. I, I think it got worse. I think we're coming out on the other side now. I really I hope so. I think we're so. getting I, there. I, I, really I, I think so. What? Would you do anything differently in these 300 episodes? I would have got a different partner for sure. Yeah, I knew that was, that was a very predictable answer. <laughs> that was, was a very predictable you, you answer. You teed me up on that. that a, I know. Unlike I know. you. Um, just wanted to, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to say it out loud. What would I have done differently? No, I mean, I think if we're being completely honest about ourselves, we could be a little more organized than just the um, type of episodes like, hey, Tuesdays and Thursdays are coaching, Monday, you know, and we've slowly, here's the reality for the people listening. We don't make money on this podcast. So no, we're, we don't. So, so we're doing it really just because we enjoy it. So if it got to be, if we started to do, it's a, what, it's like a catch 22. If we started doing those things, maybe we would make money, but we would also not enjoy it. Correct. So, although, I mean, I don't know, like if we keep doing it, if we get to a thousand episodes and still aren't making you money, then we're just idiots and you probably should stop listening to the podcast. And, and it's not completely fair. We've not made zero dollars. We've, we had some t-shirts, you know, shout out to forever fierce. Um, we've, we've got our master mentor group. program. Yeah. Yeah. So. so we've got, but we just, the truth is we don't push a lot of it. We just kind of, we do it. And even to this day, we'll get emails like, Hey, advice, this and that. And it would be easier to just be like, Join our mentor group, pay us money. Yeah. But we just, I think, hey, maybe we are like the box owners that are afraid to make money at something. Maybe we're just as guilty of um, that. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think we're. You and I. Are, I don't think either one of us are afraid to make money. Um, you're the most, you know, shameless self plugger I know. Um, <laughs> the uh, I'll buy my book. I, on yeah, Amazon. If, well, I if you guys haven't noticed, he's there's promotion on the front of these podcasts now. The um, you like that? I don't even think. We... No, yeah, no, it's cool. The, we give um, a shout out. Who we give a shout out to? Dave. Yeah, own your uh, eating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but oh, but O2, but no, I just think um, our our aim was a little bit longer, like it was way more long term, which is you know like, you know, again, it's no secret 
that at some point we're going to create something and sell it to people. But I think what you and I are very uh, self-conscious of is doing that too soon and, and, and not having something that's actually valuable to people. Because I do think just like a, a gym, if you are putting out enough information and people are learning from you and they're doing all these things, and then you have like a, a widget or a product or a, a course or something like that, nobody's going to bat an eye about paying for it because they're like, I've been listening to these guys give me information for free for whatever that time frame is, years. I have no problem giving them money because I know it's going to be worthwhile. And we would never sell you anything that's not worthwhile, at which point we do decide to sell something, whatever that would be. But um and and i that same and that's where i'm saying going with that is that we we had conversations about like okay we could make this a business but let's prove our worth on the front end you know for a way longer duration than a lot of people would consider doing and then at that point we'll be pretty confident that we could provide value uh in it you know for a monetary exchange you know and what that looks like neither one of us had any fucking idea but um yeah, we do it for fun. And I think a ton of people, I know a ton of people get value out of it because they hit us up all the time in DMs. You and I personally and the best hour of their day Instagram. Oh yeah, we get, I would say we get three to five, which isn't a ton, but three to five legit questions every day. And, and part of what we've done well over the, the last year is try to answer those questions in the podcast so then we can direct people to that. You know, And, and that's yeah. something... It's kind of like my checks and balances for people. When someone asks me about buying an affiliate, selling an affiliate, I'm like, listen to this first. Then when you have mm -hmm. questions, feel free to ask me. So yeah, it's really just, a bit, I think we do this because we enjoy giving back for us, you know, and it was part of the, the hardship for us with, with everything that went down in, with Coach Glassman and CrossFit and that CrossFit really helped shape and change both of our lives. And we are, we feel somewhat obligated to give back to that on that note who would you like to see in the next 300 podcasts who are some any, people are there, any yeah like what who's your who's your big ticket so like we already checked some big ones obviously like for instance uh obviously you and i both wanted uh glassman on there regardless of how you feel about that i think that was a big one for us you know we're still yeah, working is... on dave i want to get nicole on again a second time dave and nicole I was really proud to have Michael McCallowitz on that me personally. I'm like, that's kind of a big deal. I think, you know, that is a big deal. I mean, we've gotten some I wouldn't say mainstream, like my, like Michael McCallowitz isn't walking down the street getting, you know, signing autographs, but like in, in the, in the real world, he's a big deal. I mean, he wrote a great book that every box owner should read profit first. I think one of my favorites was Mark Bell. That was a good one. That's just, you know, showing, hey, we've made enough of an impact that this guy that is a, you know, just incredibly successful as an entrepreneur, you know, out there in the, as an influencer, he was a big one. Um, even, oh, the Kelly Starrett episode was really uh, good. That's what Chuck I was going to go to well, next. You know? Yeah, I mean, names that are recognizable. And we've had some top level games athletes as well. And the truth is we don't really chase after the games athletes. We kind of let the no. other podcast do that games athletes are a little boring right and they don't uh, people are always like you should get rich for earning on and i'm like i'm gonna get rich for earning senior on before i get rich for earning junior because <laughs> we're gonna be doing shots of moonshine yeah and yeah. don't get me wrong like if if rich or matt or tia were like hey we want to come on the show we'd gladly have them but it's just I not mean, our. Maybe. i don't know it's <laughs> it's just not our focus um 
So who would you, who do you want to have on that we haven't had on yet? So uh, there's a, so a lot of people have requested uh, Ryan Holiday. I would love to have Ryan Holiday on. I know he was on, because yeah. I read the Daily Stoic every day. I'm actually, mm-hmm. I've been brainstorming kind of a little. You know, have you heard of this hard 75 thing? No, what is it? Everybody's doing it. The guy, I think he's a muscle farm CEO. I'm not. I'm not doing it either, but I think he's the it's muscle definitely farm not everybody. <laughs> CEO. And it's basically the premise is for 75 days, you have to work out twice a day. One of them has to be outdoors. You have to read 10 pages, drink a gallon of water, a few things like that. I've had a couple, we've had a couple of guests recently that have spoken about it, but I'm trying to come up with one for us. That's a little more robust than just, Hey, be in better shape. And part of it was actually uh, the daily stoic. And I would love to have Ryan Hall. I've actually, and you know, me, like you said earlier, shameless. If, if we mention having someone on, I'll just reach out to them. And more often than not, they say yes. But I've actually, I have reached out to Ryan Holiday, but I've not heard that. You should try again. Don't give up. Treat it I like won't. seminar staff. Try 10 times. All right. I'll do it again after this episode. You're right. Um, I'm trying to, so here's what I would love to have. This is a real, I mean, this is a real shot in the dark. I would love to have uh, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski on though. He's, he's a basketball coach, just so you know. He coaches what the Syracuse women's team is that what it is? That's definitely not who he coaches. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, come on, I was a huge Leitner and Hurley fan back in the day. Were you just because Hurley's short? I think you're like I've got a shot. <laughs> it, it was a little bit of that, but it was also, you know, everybody at the time just loved Duke. Like when you're it was in like middle school, it was like the cool thing to do. Um, Coach K would be awesome. I, I would love to have the new CEO Eric on. I would. You know, and, and I think that's a foregone conclusion. We'll get that one, but I definitely yeah, want to have I mean, him on because I do think he's an interesting guy. I mean, there's there, there's and there's some other like not so well known folks on there. Um, you know, I, I'd like to to get the strength conditioning coach from LSU on the podcast. I'd like to do. Um, th- there's some other like connections that I have from my past that are actually like famous people that I that I know from growing up. Why don't you get David Robinson be, on after that picture you posted? I'll, I'll hit him up. I will hit him up. That's actually good. I'd be like, hey, remember me from that one day we spent together? Um, you guys didn't – But he was way earlier than you, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say he graduated in 88. Oh, okay. So, so he, I mean, he was, he was a good 12 years in front of me at the Naval Academy. Yeah. Um, but one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and insanely tall. It's just, like, shocking how tall he is. He made you guys look small. Like he's tiny. seven one, like That's crazy. I mean, he's just so long, um, but like one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And um, yeah, so stuff like that with people, you know, like another one, I would love to have Bill Parcells on. You're shooting big. I mean, we went from, you know, let's get a. Well, so not so not from a standpoint. So I'll tell you why I would like to have him and Coach K on. So not from a standpoint of like I like because he's famous. If you look at him and Coach K and you look at the number of coaches that have been produced under their tutelage, that I find insanely intriguing because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to like make other people level up. Uh, You know, like I forgot what the number is. Like um, Nick Saban's another one like that in college football. Like the number of head coaches that have coached under Nick Saban is insane. Uh, And I'm not a Nick Saban fan because I'm an LSU fan. He left to go to Alabama. But 
um, stuff like that. I think those, I think talking to people like that, not necessarily about their sport, but about their profession, their expertise as from a coaching standpoint, I think would be cool. We'll probably never get any of those people, but it'd be hey, really cool. I, th I think we might. I mean, we're, there, there are plenty of guests we've had thus far that a year ago would have been like, yeah, they're not going to say yes. And, and our list Losers. is, and our list is still very long. Um, you know, for, for people that we, we want to have on, I think over the last year, our interviewing skills have improved. Who's mine have. My, are you saying mine were already good or mine haven't? No, you've actually deteriorated. <laughs> yeah. Who's your biggest influence when it comes to interviewing other than me? I, I really, I, I really find Joe Rogan to be one of the best interviewers on planet earth. Like he, like the depth and breadth of knowledge that that guy has and his ability to just keep a conversation going that doesn't sound forced or, or choppy is insane. I, I, it's, I find it to be when I, so when I listen to Joe Rogan, I listen because of the topics, but I'm also listening because, you know, he's done, I don't know what how many episodes is, but it's, you know, well over a thousand, you know, so let's call it well over oh, yeah. 4,000, well, probably close to 3000 hours of just talking on produced podcasts. Um, I find it to be really, really impressive. And I don't, I'm not trying to be like Joe Rogan, but I, I would love to have a skill set like that where it's just keeping the conversation going and it's always intriguing and it's funny, but educational at the same time. So that from a podcast standpoint, that that's, that's probably top of the heat, but I don't, I mean, anybody who's running a podcast wants to be like Joe Rogan, you know? Yeah, but there's a difference between wanting to be like his uh, level of success and actually wanting to be as good as him as far as an interviewing skill. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. So I, I, Rogan is a big one. I like the fact that I think over the year, like we've been able to shift a little more to a conversational type of interview versus just peppering people with questions, which I think Rogan does well, but still keeping it on topic. Um, and then my two... Two other influences are Howard Stern. I know, you know, people still remember his, you know, shenanigans and craziness. But nowadays, if you listen to his interviews, you know, super well-researched, super deep questions. And Sean Evans from Hot Ones. Yeah, you do. You're a Hot Ones fan. That's, that's I love. Well, and I just, I like the research. So obviously the guests he, have, he has on are a little easier to research. You know, you can find a lot more information. But before every guest, I try to just find as much as I can and, and some obscure stuff. I remember probably the, the most memorable question I've asked over the last year was when I asked Coach Bergner about his high school football days. And, yeah. you know, and it's like when you could, and I love, like every time we have a guest and they say, that's a great question, it makes me feel like, okay, I did something right. Because, you know, especially in this, this is a small space. Anyone that we've had mm -hmm. on, is probably on 10 other podcasts. For sure. And I, I want to give you a reason to listen to this one versus go find him elsewhere. And part of it yeah. is it's casual. You're going to get information that you wouldn't have gotten elsewhere. And it's going to be a little more entertaining. And ours are, we, I mean, they're all long form. I don't even really know what the cutoff or long form would be in, in podcasts, but ours are a little bit longer than most people's. Yeah, I mean, we, we tend to go 
I always tell people, when we go, yeah, I always say, hey, give me 30 minutes, plus or minus 30 minutes. That's what I might typically <laughs> tell the interviewees. So zero to 60 is, is how this is going to work. And, you know, when, when we invite them, I give, I tell them, it's, you know, I give them an hour block. Yeah. And it's, there are times when I've had some guests on and I'm like, okay, this is not going to last 15 minutes. And then an hour later, we're still talking. So you just got to find that groove and make a connection. And, and listeners have to realize for us, a lot of the people we don't know before we get on. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you have to be able to, you know, going back to coaching, you have to be able to quickly connect with another person or else yeah. not a very, and we've had probably a handful of those as well, where it's just, you can tell there's a disconnect in the, in the interview. It's like everything else. You're going to have some bad games. Like there's definitely a couple podcasts that I've had. I'm like, that sucked really bad. Like yeah. that was not a good interview for, for whatever reason, but I, it is what it is, man. It's like you do enough podcasts, like they're not all going to be good. Some of them are going to be mediocre. Some of them are going to be great. Some of them are going to have five minutes that are amazing. And the other 50 minutes are just okay. Um, but it's been fun, man. I'm looking forward to, you know, 600 at this point. Another year. I think, I think, yeah, we've been pretty consistent at five a week for the last few months. So we'll, we'll hit, uh, we'll hit 600 in, in a year or so. And if, if for the people listening, if you have, other ideas for us as far as guests, topics. I'd, I'd say at this point, most of our topics come from questions from you guys. So email us, best hour of their day at Gmail. You can shoot us DMs to either one of us personally or the or the best hour Instagram. But uh, yeah, we look. I look forward to it. I think uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Well, you may or may not be around on the team for 600, but here's hoping that you are. <laughs> what do you, you, you got nothing to do the rest of the day, do you? Uh, no, I got some stuff to do on the, on the computer today, but today is my, I tried to take a day off last week and I ended up my calendar booked with six appointments. And I was like, damn it. But I'm shooting guns the rest of the afternoon. One, oh, are you really? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm one, gonna leave here in a little bit. I got one more phone call after this, but. One thing I've tried to be better about going with uh, my schedule is not adding once the week starts, trying not to add more to that week. That's tough for me just because I'm in the gym and, and new clients and stuff like that. But. No, it, it's, it's different. And I mean, and those are times that you kind of blocked to be at the gym. But for me, like whether it's a new interview or something else, like, okay, well, when can you do next week? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was pretty good. I almost booked appointments for today like four times between monday and wednesday and i was like don't do it just say you're not available on thursday yeah it worked and that's so. that's advice for listeners too yeah all right well um cool. anything else Fern? nope uh actually one yet one last thing i can speak for both of us on this one sincere thank you to everybody that's listened to even one episode of this podcast this has been really um beneficial for jay and i uh so thank you guys it's been really really fun and uh we hope to see you guys for the next 300 episodes yes you can speak for me on that well done fern it's been a pleasure here's to another 300 thanks again for listening to best hour of their day if you haven't already do us a favor head over to the apple podcast app and leave us a review We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either 
Fern, or myself, hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com, or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community, and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.